No Block, No Rock, episode 22. Michael, what does Javi want us to plug today? Uh, today I'm going to talk about Javi's. Javi's, if you're wondering what is for breakfast, lunch or dinner, the answer is always Javi's Tacos. They serve breakfast all day, every day. So you haven't been to Javi's, go give it a try. Cool. For this episode, we got another special guest, defensive back under the Bill Callahan regime. First Bill Callahan guy. First Bill Callahan guy. And it was a blast. It was it was a riot. It was a freaking riot. <laughs> Talked about some Callahan things, some NIL things, huge NIL things. Um, let's just get to that interview, and we hope you enjoy it. We've got with us here today, former defensive back, Courtney Grixby. Thank you very much for joining the NBNR podcast. We appreciate you taking the time out. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Thanks. We're going to go to Mike with our first question. Heck yeah. Okay, so today is a special day in college sports. Name, image, and likeness has officially dropped. What are your thoughts on name, image, likeness? Is that something that you would have loved to have when you were playing college ball? And do you think it's a good thing for college sports in general? Oh, man, shoot. I've already talked to my wife. We're trying to get my 11-year-old name, image, likeness together already. So I'm telling you, it's a big thing for college, for college sports. Uh, in general. So now, like you said, this NIL, if we're ahead of the curve on it, mm-hmm. trust me, it's going to be beneficial. We're the only show in town. Right. We're the only show in town. Just wait when all of the all the reports start coming out talking about, look at how much money these Nebraska players are making because mm-hmm. you've got the biggest following. I'm, it, they're, 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 it's like second to none, right? Nebraska got the biggest following. So you're looking at like Lexi's son, right? She's top ten out of all college athletes, she's top ten in this fall. Yeah, she plays volleyball, which, yeah. which of course, in this state is great. But in any other state, they volleyball's second rate, right? Not as popular, yeah. right? So you start seeing all these players start getting paid, and I promise you, people are people are going to start. These and recruits are starting being like, uh, "You want to make money? You go to Nebraska." No, it's the the it's they they were so prepared for it. I got an email from uh, a a league source that is already promoting these athletes who started a business for their camps to come out and do camps for our youth football. That email already went out to every youth organization around it. Wow. And every, mind you, that this went out late notice, to the, it was 12. They have minimal scheduled spots left for their pay. <laughs> They're already booked. They're already booked. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's pretty weird how that works, right? So, I mean, this happened by at midnight today. today. Yeah. And this email went out today, and they're they're already booked. See, that's crazy. And Runza, they just, you know, they put they're out already, the offer already, for already, every single player at Nebraska. That's already on the table. Mm-hmm. Already booked. And already taken and taking, and everyone's getting on their schedule for next summer already. Wow. That's unbelievable. Well, and it helps that we have open doors here. Yeah. That, that's the thing. The so. Adi Kanalik and Blake Lawrence mm-hmm. coming in-house from Nebraska is going to only help this university take that step forward with NIL, too. Oh, man. It's going to – I told you, my, my 11-year-old son is a very talented player in all sports. Trust me, it, you, you'll start seeing him being high, very promoted. I'm just yeah. saying it, you have to. And in order, and we name image likeness. Now's the time to really start setting that up because you got to think you're a guy from Nebraska. Where, where you think if you go out to California, you think where you think you'll make more money? Being here? No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean you got the Lakers out and then the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Lakers all that stuff there. in California. Yeah. What do you got what here? You Nebraska. Nebraska. Right. So you're gonna make that money out there where you got to compete with? Likes of LeBron James sons, right? <laughs> nope. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, think about it. There no. ain't no runs uh, out in California. No, runs in California. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. telling you. Look, you give this podcast five more years, right? In five years, we'll start asking players as they start coming into the podcast, like, "What was the recruiting pitch?" Right? They'll be like, "Well, they basically just came in and said, uh, you want to make money? You come to Nebraska.'" Mm-hmm. They, it, it's it's gonna have to be a the, the recruiting pitch is going to be almost like uh, like your schools are going to have to start operating almost like a de facto sports agent sometimes. Yeah. When you think about it. I mean, these kids will have agents, but you'll have to – the pitch will be 
PowerPoint. These are the endorsements that you could have. Yeah. Like that that yep. are lined up. Like almost like shoot, we almost may have to start talking to these people and have contracts already put out. Right. Well, not saying they already don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you well, know, it's just like those emails already went out. Yeah, it's like these emails have to go out. It's like, okay, yeah. well what 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 would this contract look like? You know what I mean? It like pretty nice. As a pair as a pair now, shoot me out. <laughs> To be honest with you, I probably would have been a little upset by for, to to for committing so soon. Yeah, right. I'd have been like, let me sit back and wait because I might need to see exactly. Yeah, yeah that's another know. good point, right? How yeah. like you're gonna start seeing people just decommitting probably everywhere, decommitting and... everywhere because yeah. they got paid first, and they're gonna go double dip, go get somewhere else, you know? Yes. Yes. Transfer portal. Oh, yeah. look at the benefits but in Florida. What's gonna happen in Florida? Yeah. It's, about, yes. it's gonna be the wild wild west. But if you prepare. <laughs> I was literally just gonna say it's like the old west where you have freaking gunslingers, mm-hmm. just no rules, mm-hmm. uh, people wandering, Until, people wandering around, exactly. not knowing where to go. It's a lot of gray area right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah operating yeah, so the gray much. area, and you may be able. Well, to- <laughs> isn't it okay? So look, we're, this might just be an nil pod. <laughs> I mean, this is great. Like, I was just talking with Mike about this. Um, you see on Twitter, all of our current Husker players, like you're kind of expecting them to be in commercials and, you know, all these videos. And that'll come later, obviously. But they're retweeting or they're advertising like this online store. And they're like, go to this website and get boxes of cereal and energy yeah. bars. It's not flashy right now. It's no, just kind of... It's a canned message. It's yeah. a can, it's very canned. Every every player has the same tweet. Go to this website. Buy this can of soup. And part right. of it is because <laughs> they don't know how to operate. They don't know it. what the hell's going on either. So, right. All you know is that I may be getting fifty cent for every tweet or a dollar for every tweet that right. I do, or you know, and every like or per like. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They, that's how their contract may be set up. Yeah. I I, I have fifteen thousand followers. All right, well, you get, you tweet. Every time you tweet this, you get 50 cent per follower that you got. Like, that's a contract. So, you know what? I'm going to do the dumb tweet, too. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, now you got everybody out there with, you know, they got the the Instagram model with flat tummy tee when that was coming out and all that stuff and fashion over. You know, it's like, come on, they, this this is going to be, it's going to be the wild, wild west. Uh, You have, shoot, what was the girls from Fresno State that, Flew out to New York to sign their Boost Mobile contract. The twins, Already? two twins, they flew out at midnight. Wow! Midnight had it. They were on a flight out. They out to out to uh, New York, signed a Boost Mobile deal. They're they're going. They're their national college Boost Mobile is head first into this NIL. Hell stuff. yeah! It's so smart. and it's going. It's crazy. They said they're they're going to focus on local markets and start putting money into the local markets, even if it's just hey. You you have lifetime uh, uh, mobile carrier like you got right. a free phone and and upgrade when you want like yeah. down <laughs> college athlete yeah yeah college give me a free yes. give me a free phone what yes yeah. give me a free phone and I can upgrade to the new whatever yeah. iPhone yeah a Galaxy whatever what yes yeah. I'm down with that yep. yeah that saves me money and of course there's always like a flip side of this conversation um, you know is Nebraska they're going to be at the front lines of this thing and fully embracing it. Could it come back to bite them where they attract players that don't really care about football so much as making money? And, like, I, I, I think I, there's this player, I'm not going to name his name, but he's, like, a big TikTok guy. He doesn't figure to be playing a lot. And so you have this guy who's about himself, all about TikTok and probably making money, but he's wasting a roster spot. But he's not on scholarship. I don't see. I don't know. You're, you're but, talking, but I'm are saying, you talking about the guy that's on the Nebraska roster? Yes. That's dating a celebrity. Yeah. Yes. Boat, boat girl. Yeah. yeah. So even yeah. if he's not, he even if he's not on scholarship, he's still got to put in the work to stay on the team. So it doesn't matter. Sure, but I think the bigger point is he's not going to be the only one. He's not going to be the first. He's not going to be the last to walk on. I think. I think what's going to happen is that the walk on program. I think. It's going to expand to a point, but then it's also going to be like, hey, we can only take this many walk-ons now. Mm-hmm. So, like, right. if you're trying to build your brand, we're going to help you with that, but you still got to put in the work. 
Like if you're sure. gonna just take a spot to be on TikTok, that ain't gonna work. Well, let me let, let me right. let me tell you though, football or the prospective sport that you're in is the platform that's going to allow you to be able to make this money. Mm-hmm. So it would be in the best interest of the athlete to be as focused on that. Absolutely. You want to be a household can. name. Yeah, if right. you want to be a household name, you're okay. You want now? Oh, now what happens to your, your following if you you're not on the team? Right. The endorsements that you have are not may not be there. Like I mean, you know, unless you're just that much of a YouTube star, then you can't just, that just be that much of a YouTube star. Then yeah, right. go ahead and do it because that is your your or your social media platform. You're that you're that good at. Most of these players, trust me, most of them ain't even don't even have the personality to be that good at it. No, that's why you are getting the the bland. Go to this website. Can, yeah, the right. canned messages. Yeah, it's yeah. it's because you're gonna take advantage of what you can take advantage of, but it's it's gonna be a rarity that you're gonna just get somebody that's you're right. that focused. That's in my point. opinion, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I saw this. Uh, I think you guys might have seen this too. That Kansas State oh, video yeah. with, the, oh, with yeah. the recruits doing the TikTok of Justin Bieber singing Justin Bieber, and they're all like these cute kids with the surfer hair and like. <laughs> Everyone's Bill Snyder's rolling in his grave, even though he's not dead. And oh, like, <laughs> like I just feel like there's gonna be earrings in the building with Bill Snyder. Could you imagine Bill Snyder had to take the earrings out? I'm like, I'm on a recruiting visit. Yeah, you need to take the earrings out. <laughs> Bill Snyder with nil. Could you imagine? Oh no, he, he would have retired immediately. <laughs> he says BS. See, Nick Saban's already ready for NIL because he he's ha- he owns all these dealerships, so he's already prepared. He's right. prepared. Yeah, he's already. Oh, you been come prepared. Come you can come. We already got contracts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now they're legit. Now they're legit. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Now we won't get fined for it. Yeah. Now, oh, so so now you can drive up, drive this. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free oh, ready, no. right? Everybody got I, I can see him now just throwing keys to everybody in the first meeting. Keys for everybody. No, you get the red Porsche, not the blue one, idiot. It's keys for everybody. It's, we're, going, it's just, we're throwing keys. That's how it's going to be. He's Oprah. But he really it? does own like, like yes. BMW dealerships, Mercedes dealerships. Hey, man. And so now if it doesn't come from him, but it comes from the management team, it's okay. It's fair game. Come on, Woodhouse. Come on. Baxter. Yeah. Come on with it, man. Yeah. Y'all want, hey, come on with it. We need you. Yeah. <laughs> we need you. Scott Ross needs you. We need you. Come on. Come our, on our with new, it, man. Our new AD, come I think on. his last name is going to be Baxter. Come on, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we need, hey, hey Or Beardmore or something. There you go. <laughs> The higher the higher star you are, man, the better car you get. Yeah. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's let's take a little trip back in time. And yeah. some of these questions are going to be back to your playing days. It's a little bit a little bit ago, but uh, let's jump right into your recruiting process. You're from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, was there ever another school that stepped in, or was it always was Nebraska always going to be the place you were going to go since your brother played here and stuff? Or, or did you did you ever think about it? I, 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 it really was a close, close call. Notre Dame was the was the school that I took my last official visit to, and that was right before uh, Callahan got hired. Uh, well, it was he actually got hired. I want to say like that week, finished up his uh, test so he can go out and do all the recruiting. Uh, I was scheduled to go to Notre Dame. He flew in to see me at Central, like the Friday before I was supposed to leave out. Uh, to go to Notre Dame, and he was like, his first thing was, "Hey, don't commit while you're out there." He was like, <laughs> "It was one more. I had a, a official visit that was supposed to be planned that last weekend out to UCLA that I canceled, and I took another unofficial down there to Nebraska and came back home. And it was one of those, ooh, in the basement, like, what, what do I do? No, but it was very, very close. Uh, been a Husker fan, but when I went down there, I knew a lot of people." Felt like home, and I have no regrets on it. You know, I had fun while I was there, and whatever came out of it came out of it. You know? Any uh, interesting stories that came out of your recruitment process? Uh, I mean, shoot, you know, Anything some that you want to share. <laughs> so, some that can't that they, that they may not have me married anymore, but you know, <laughs> oh yeah, then we'll keep those ones. <laughs> hush, hush. <laughs> no, but no, it was just just on the recruiting 
the recruiting visits, stories. Man, I mean, we had it was it was just it was it's college. Nebraska's a, a it's a it's a party town down in Lincoln. I mean, the the school is the school. We had fun. Uh, I had a couple boring visits. My Notre Dame visit was real boring. Though. Okay, that was a boring visit. Was it like what? Like what did you do at Notre Dame? Like, what I did, did they have nothing. You do? Nothing. I talked with I talked with Ty Willingham, and that was the highlight of it. The Notre Dame visit was boring. Everybody had finals at the time. It was academic school. They were they were in mass when I got there. Oh, oh yeah. Catholic school. Yeah, yeah, it was it was one of those. I was like, ooh, we uh, yeah. If I come uh, yeah. here, if I come here, it's really going to be for football, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. But it was I did I did enjoy man just Ty Willingham man and and all of that and that's what it really came down to. Yeah. So you out of high school, you were a dual sport athlete. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about? It looked like you're a pretty good basketball player coming out. Can you talk about the 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 decision to play football versus basketball? Yeah, coming out, uh, I, I wanted to play. Play basketball, really. And I almost quit football my sophomore year. And uh, my coach came, Coach Mack, came to me in class, had a pass, and he told me, he said, listen, he said, you're 5'8". He said, you're not going to the NBA. (laughs) It is what it is. He said, it is what it is. He said, you're not going to the NBA. Plus, they have 12 people on a basketball roster. It's 50-something in football. He said, don't close the door. Opportunity, so... Basically said, you're playing football. And uh, three games in, I was offered by Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, and everybody for football my sophomore year. And that was all she wrote. In the recruiting process, the doors kicked down. I couldn't have to leave home to to do homework. So it was just one of those processes where I knew where I kind of wanted to be at. Nebraska was always going to be in the mix regardless at the time. And... Any school else that came in, they, it was going to be a hard task to get me from here. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned Coach Mack saying this, so I don't feel as bad saying it. <laughs> um, so your height was a frequent topic of conversation amongst fans. Yes, it was. Um, so considering your height, did you have to have a different ap- approach in the game plans um, week to week? Did you have to approach it differently from other DBs on the roster? And I know you know you, you have your 40-inch-plus vertical. You showed that off before every game, jumping on the huddles. So how did you have to approach wide receivers and coverage differently from other DBs? Uh, it was a – I mean, I got reminded of my height every every day, you know. And Coach Coach Major was, a, I mean, a great coach. Uh, the utmost respect for him. Uh, he, you know, he – had the jokes all the time, told me I was so short when I fart, sand would fly in my shoes. You know, I mean, I, so I got that every day. But he he helped me approach the game and saying and helping me prepare and saying that you you're five eight, you have to play neck above. He said because you don't have as the physical tools that everyone else had. You know, and that it was it helped me sustain. And he told me every year we're going to recruit in order for somebody to come in to beat you out. That's how it is. So right. don't. It was just very, very honest approach. So he said, "Be ready." He said, "Be ready." He said, "You got to work harder, work with purpose." So I took that. I took that approach to everything, and it and it worked. You know, uh, I was always a team player. I knew I knew what my limitations, but I knew also my competitiveness was going to always give me a chance. Yeah, but, yeah. So and, and I mean, like while we're on the topic of size, right? Um, we. Uh, a popular topic that always comes up is trying to figure out the offenses, offensive struggles of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And every time that we bring this topic up, it always seems to circle back to like the size of your wide receivers and the size of your running backs and things like that. Do you think that that could be a, like a primary issue with why we're having so many struggles is that we've got guys out there trying to block people and they've got no size on them? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's football. It's a physical sport. You know, bigger, faster, stronger is the game, uh, and I mean that's 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 science. You know what I mean? Jimmy's and the Joes. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's science when you come. It's one thing you can't teach, and that's you know you can't teach six, eight, three hundred and twenty pounds. But right. I, if you can walk and chew gum, I can teach you to block somebody and push some push some people around. <laughs> right. So I mean that's just that's that's how it is. Uh, like like they said, bigger wide receivers, 
Makes your quarterback more accurate. It's a bigger catch radius. Yeah. That's easy. Hard to throw to a 5A guy going across the middle. You right. know what I mean? And, right. and putting in window. If your quarterback not pinpoint accurate, Peyton Manning-like, Tom Brady-like, yeah. you're going to have some issues. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's. I think this year will be a year to surprise some people. I'm pretty excited, you know, just going down there and seeing the, the way that they were able to to make those adjustments and be able being able to change those bodies in the time that they've had. That's a that's just a, a, a you got to attribute that to the dedication to the coaches and in the in the wait staff and the plans that they have. So it'll pay off if we got a little bit more patience, just right. a t- just a little bit. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you look. I mean, you look at like last year's wide receivers, right? And you look at the average size. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Wandale out there, and you've got um, you know a couple other guys that are just. They're hardly touching six foot, right? So it's like, you know, now you're looking at Manning and Torre and you got all these guys that are out there that just seem a lot bigger. So yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. And it'll allow, and it'll allow uh, just the offensive coordinator to be able to to call plays. And you sometimes you get guys that are so, as talented as uh, uh, Wandale. And sometimes you force feed the ball to them in certain ways when you can't get them the ball, you know, in a traditional way. And I think now that you have those guys with the size and more people playing in their traditional positions, you it, it makes the, the offensive coordinator's job a lot easier to call plays and you'll be able to see more explosiveness. It'll be the running backs that actually have running in their name will get the ball a yeah. lot more. So that'll be, the, that'll be the fun thing to see this year. Yeah, no longer are you on the, the headset going, all right, what do we got planned here? Wandale. Uh, uh, Wandale. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's yeah, like, that's the play. No, it's yeah. this is we, we, we can really, all right, we, if we need to take three, four yards, we got the running backs to do it. They've yeah. gotten bigger there. I'm excited about that young freshman. I think he's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. I think Irvin is going to be a stud. Yeah. That's just my, my opinion. He, hey. he, he looks the part. You yeah. heard it first over here. Yeah, 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 that's right. me. I think <laughs> he's going to be a stud. So, shifting back to the defensive side of the ball, uh, do you think there's a different style of play from, from, from like a defensive back standpoint from the Big 12, like the Big 12 you played mm-hmm. into yeah. the Big 10? Yes. Uh, when we were coming out, it was more uh, we got we, – we, we got the, the the brunt of that explosion of, of the, the spread offenses and this air raid type stuff. So a lot of that was just that was new to everyone. So defenses were adjusting to it. You're starting to see a lot of the Big Ten catch up with these, these air raid philosophies, but they're bigger in size. A lot of these guys, when you're doing it with, like you said, six three, six four receivers, that that brings its own challenges. Uh, but from a defensive standpoint. At the point of attack, these big linemen, you see Minnesota up there, I mean, they they trying to get anybody that's 400 pounds and 6'8". <laughs> yeah. He's offered a scholarship to them, you know. Right. And, you, and you're seeing it. If they can move, they're just massive individuals. These are massive, big guys yeah. that even, I mean, they just lean on you. You'll get three yards, and it's it's a fight in the, in the dang, uh, in, the, in the phone booth sometimes, you know what I mean? Right. So, being that on defense, I was – very, very impressed with how our D-line played last year, our defense. Yeah. I think that'll be a big advantage for us this year with the experience they have coming back, the depth we have on the on in, at every position across. Yeah. You know, and I'm excited about a lot of these young players that they have recruited. I think the talent is down there to, to, to really make this thing go. It's just once once we if people are a little patient and give us give us give us a little time. Yeah. I think the I think the levees can break. Yeah, uh, I do too. Yeah. And, you know, just going off that, we talked about it a little bit before starting the episode, but it seems like with Frost, um, at first it was it was more kind of he was stuck in his ways. He had experienced success at UCF with the quote-unquote national championship. Yeah. You know, he was, I don't want to, maybe arrogance too strong of a word, but it, it seems like he kind of had a wake-up call. Like, I got to change up the guys I'm recruiting. I got to get six three guys instead of five eight guys. I got to get more physical dudes, and it looks like from the wide receiver room to the offensive line, it seems like these guys are bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to agree that I just hope he can get enough wins this year so people don't get too antsy and want to get him out before it's yeah. You know, and I think his like you said, I think he from a philosophy standpoint, I think it's still the same philosophy. It's still the same. Thing now he's changing the body types and the individuals in the philosophy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is what's changing. Uh, 
coming in, I think it's just, you know, you, you, you have this, this picture that you see. And then when you, when you, from a coach's standpoint, and then things start happening. You, and then you start gets, seeing, then yeah. you start seeing your guys versus their guys, their guys. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And that's just, that's just what it is. Uh, it's, I mean, the big 10 is, is great coaching at every school, not, yeah. I mean, at every school. And every school takes football serious. Yeah, it is a it's a serious thing. They're investing in it from a facility standpoint. They're putting the money into it from coaches. They're giving these coaches bigger budgets in order to go out and get the the assistant coaches that are needed to 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 help you win at a high level. Uh, they're recruiting at a high level. Look at what Maryland is doing yeah. out there. You know what I mean? It's it's they're going to be something. To, the mess with out here very very soon mm -hmm. and they're doing it in their backyard locking up all of maryland dc virginia area and i mean it's it's a lot of talent out there so you're starting to see that investment across the board and what you do is you if you don't make those little adjustments you fall behind yep and you can see the even schools like illinois and Rutgers. Rutgers got shiano back yeah yeah and the, you can already see that they're trending upwards i mean illinois got Bert Bielema, and it's just, like you said, every yes. single school, yes. you, you cannot blink. <laughs> you cannot blink. You know? You can never blink. You cannot blink when you have the likes of Northwestern getting the recruits that they're getting, and they right. have their systems in place. And when they're when it's there, the identity has been built for these schools. I think this year you will see that identity get built. I think that's one of the things where Scott just had to really find how do I want my system? How do I want to be identified? And it's a, it takes a couple years to do that. Yeah. It takes some years to recruit, to, to to take your lumps. But then I think they are the staff to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's just being patient. Yeah, because, they're, they're, I mean, you could ask anybody in the country, and there's not going to be anybody that says, yeah, Scott Frost, like his offense just doesn't work. No, there's nobody that's doubting his capabilities as, you yeah. know, as a play caller, but – you know, you walk into the Big Ten undersized, and it's like it don't matter how good of a scheme you got when your guys oh, are getting yeah. pushed around the field, you, you ain't gonna win ball games. That's mm -hmm. most definitely. I, I agree with that, man. So I'm excited for this year. I'm, 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 I, I think Bill Moose was on to something, in, in my opinion, when he said, you know, he he could see where they could get to that eight win, and I could see it if they just handle business, just mm -hmm. go out play football like you know. Don't beat yourself, for the love yeah. of God. Yeah. So you just mentioned Bill Moose, who has recently made the news because he retired from his AD position. Retired. Retired. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes. Um, just looking back at your time at Nebraska, Steve Peterson was the AD. Mm -hmm. um, if you ask the average fan, they're probably going to have a low opinion of him. Um, and... Probably for good reason. As a player, what is your relationship, if any, with the athletic director? And who are you looking at to take over for Bill Moose? Look, most great athletic directors, usually you they're not on the scene a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, but Bill Burns, I just remember, remember him uh, a lot of times seeing him. He knew of everybody, but you just never saw him. Like, he handled business. Uh, he saw the vision, but it didn't have to be his, you know, he wasn't, didn't have to be the guy out there. Delegating. Yeah, yeah. delegating, delegating. You know, it's, uh, I think that from a business standpoint, players, we really never deal with the AD, you know, so... You really don't know how that relationship is between the coaches and which and their boss. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, down there, you could kind of, you could see even with Callahan, at times you could see sometimes some tension, sometimes some you know just in in, in those relationships. But uh, for the most part, man, it's, it it comes down to having somebody that wants to see the program as a whole grow. Uh, I think from basketball to 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 football 
Baseball is, is, is moving in the right direction. I think Bill Moose hired very, very well. I do too. That I think the guys that he have that he has in place are 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 gonna be able to move the needle uh in their respective sports. It's just like I said, that patience. Um when you have got powers above that that, you know, might not have as much patience, you may be able to see that that coaching carousal. You know, you mm-hmm. may be able to see those those different uh, uh, movements that can set set your programs back. Um, I think you can win and recruit at a high level in the middle of the map. I don't know why people think that you can't. It's in the middle of the map. Right. You can go different places and recruit. We have a brand name. Uh, uh, maybe not for basketball, but you gotta you have a high profile coach. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, baseball as you can see, just being down at the CWS. Talking to fans and they are very, very high on Nebraska baseball. Yeah. Seriously, and that's crazy. Volleyball is going nowhere anytime, no time soon. Right, <laughs> right. They're going to no be time here for soon. a while. You know, yeah. uh, I think softball and some of these other sports uh, are, are you can really recruit at a high level around mm-hmm. here. So, if you get a guy that think that can see our program on a national level, and that means all sports. That is the guy that should have the vision, mm-hmm. and that will continue continuously put us there with what they call, I guess, the blue bloods of college sports. Yeah, you know. And so. do you think that the athletic director at Nebraska, the next one, has to have Nebraska ties? Not necessarily. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think that is uh, sometimes hinders Nebraska. Is the Nebraska ties? Nebraska, you know, you tend to get stuck in a with tunnel vision and not able to see bigger picture. Um, you want to get somebody that has Nebraska values, you know, yep. but not necessarily Nebraska ties. And they don't, and they have to, you have to be able to have individuals that think differently and think outside of the box in order to keep the program progressing. It's not the nineties anymore. It's not the eighties anymore. No, it is not. You know what I mean? It's, it's, like you said, this name, image, likeness. It's a lot of things that that you have to get out of the 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 what the comfort zone and be able to go out and find the individuals that can push this brand forward. Yep. And the thing about Moose is when he he got hired, no Nebraska ties. Mm-hmm. You heard a lot of he has Nebraska values. You know, yeah. he's a rancher. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's, you know, he's he's like a grinder type of AD. Yep. But yeah, going forward, you need a. AD, who is not necessarily Nebraska ties, but how Nebraska fans should look at this NIL thing is back in the 70s and 80s and 90s when Nebraska was at the top of the heap, mm-hmm. they had all these advantages. They had Prop 48. They yeah. had um, they were on television more than any other teams. Yeah. They need to look at this NIL thing as our opportunity to jump back ahead of, I'm not going to say ahead of, Alabama, but we need to embrace this more than Alabama because they might be yeah. content with where they are, and they might not even think that they need to do this nil thing. Yeah. But if we if we jump out ahead of this thing, yeah. who knows? So you played for Bill Callahan, mm-hmm. okay? And you are the first person on the No Block No Rock podcast that played for Bill Callahan. So let's just start off. Most people are gonna like wonder what the hell happened with Bill Callahan and this team, like. The transition from Solich to Callahan, what I, to me it feels like it was kind of like a square peg in a round hole type of thing. Like he, more like a businessman, more of like a professional type of guy. But it let's was, talk to us about Bill Callahan a little bit. That first off, if if everybody go back, it was almost like the they both needed each other at the time. We needed Callahan just as much as as, as Callahan needed us. If people don't understand that, okay, yeah, go into that. You know, he got. When we were looking for a coach, Nebraska had got turned down by the first, what, two or three coaches they offered. Mm-hmm. Spurrier, Houston Nutt. Like, you know, so it was – we got we actually got lucky with him on the outs at, at the Oakland. Mm-hmm. When he got fired, it was like, oh, so then you get high-profile name guy. Yeah, right, off they're, Super looking Bowl for, win, like, they're looking for a change of system. Like, I mean, you know, the AD wanted a change of system at the time. He didn't want the – so you got a West Coast offensive-minded guy who wants to, you know, AD that wants to see something look more like the, the mainstream. Right. Right? And not understanding that, 
you just actually hired probably your best coaching staff. If people think about what happened that year and who they hired, they had Solich had just fired a bunch of coaches or, you know, they let go and they all went other places. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, you had Bo in, you had Marvin, Marvin in, Carl in. You had all of these guys that came in and then you start to think about it. A lot of these guys moved on to be coordinators, head coaches at different colleges. Like this isn't, that was a all-star coaching staff. Right. Yeah. That you went from seven and seven to ten and ten and three in that in a in that span, mm-hmm. and you had that number one defense coming back next year. Yep. Right. Well, we were talking about that too. Kevin Cosgrove, he's still coaching. You yeah. know, like, and he was your DC, right? He was our DC. So yeah. it's like he's still he's working at Texas Tech now, and he's had all kinds of jobs since. Oh, then. a lot of jobs. You know, like yep. that that has yep. to speak to how good those coaches were. Yeah, yep. Maybe it didn't work here, but they're working just fine elsewhere. And it was, and it was working, and 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 and. It was just one of those things, like you said, when it was a square peg, you know, into a circle hole. At the time, it was just that you had a guy coming from the pros, coming into a place like Nebraska, who is nothing like other other programs where you're not looking for that. It's more that family style thing. You got a hundred and seventy some players. He's used to doggone fifty some players. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So then he goes to the walk on program, and he's like, well. We're not going to get rid of it, but we definitely going to cut most of it out, you mm-hmm. know, just because it was manageable for what he felt neat could, he could be successful with. People didn't understand that, but he was, it's something that you're not used to managing. Right. So when you get that backlash and then you get a lot of fans that saying this and that, well, you got to understand, we had some bad losses, but... The first year, you might as well call it a wash. We had, you know, was trying to. Well, you had Joe Daly at quarterback. Joe Daly and, at quarterback. and he was an option yeah. quarterback. Option quarterback trying to learn a West Coast offense. That's 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 a very, very difficult adjustment. But then you come in that next year, we tied for the North in, in year two. Even though we got dumped by a couple teams, we tied for the North. Yep. We go down, we beat, we beat Colorado, we tied for the North. Next year, we come back, we play Oklahoma in the dang. Big 12 championship. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the coldest game of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> you know? But you do that, the next year we come in ranked in the top 15 in the country. At the time when we go going to play USC, it was a bad loss. But at that time, it was born and live. And trust me, after that loss, that USC loss, it was a lot of board over internal stuff. And then mm-hmm. that's when you just kind of saw the season kind of falter. And once Peterson was gone, we knew what was going to happen. You right. know, yep. we, knew, yep. we knew what was going to happen at that point in time. Yeah. So, kind of talk talk a little bit about, um, you know, you said that they weren't going to just start cutting all the walk-ons, right? Mm-hmm. I had heard at one point, I don't know if this was Adam Carricker or who it was, but they were talking about, like, making the walk-ons' lives like hell so that they would just leave. Oh, I mean, they uh, any coaches, a lot of coaches come in in that winter conditioning, Part, that first part of it, they they will make that very very difficult in order to weed out players that they feel aren't there to play ball, right. and you saw a lot of people transfer, a lot of people leave, and then with that, what does that do? That opens up scholarships and other places, so I can bring in guys that I know would fit my system. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a tactic that some coaches do. Right. It was a, it was, but winter conditioning is always difficult, though. Regardless, right. I mean, we didn't have a winter conditioning. It was the worst time. I, I hated winter conditioning more than I hated summer conditioning. That was the time, but those were the biggest games. Winter conditioning is where you got the biggest games going into spring ball, going into summer. That's just you really on, almost like cruise control, just staying in conditioning. So you can get into fall camp. But winter conditioning is when they, they're going to test your body. So if you're not ready, most of it's mental. You really, you coming in, uh, a new coach, you really don't know if you're going to be there with the system anyway. So it's almost like, well, they push it too hard, so I might as well just leave and go somewhere where I know that I can fit in. Right. It's not, it's not nothing that... It wasn't like it's it was not a, the norm. It wasn't like a malicious attack on like. It's not a getting, malicious attack. It's, yeah. just, it's it's something like yeah, we're gonna test you and see if you really want to be. Here. Yeah, okay. that was something I wanted to clear up for sure. Yeah. So, the transfer portal was non-existent when you were playing, but transfers still happen. Can yeah. can you talk about what your opinion is on the current transfer portal? 
you know, sometimes people think the grass is greener on the other side, but they found out there might not be enough spots to mm-hmm. play. And, and a lot of these guys that are transferring from a Power 5 school like Nebraska mm-hmm. are ending up at D2 schools. And it's yeah. like, yeah. dude, you are, a, you are a good, highly recruited kid, and now you're playing at some small school. So can you talk about your opinion on the transfer portal? And My, my opinion on the transfer portal is that uh, you're going to get what you're getting now. Like you said, the grass isn't greener on the other side. Then you're going into situations where you're getting bad information from people. Yeah. And they're not. You're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest with your ability. You're not being honest with uh, uh, maybe how hard you are working to get into that position. Yeah. You know, uh, you're not being patient enough in order to get to where you need to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's what is it? Mac uh, from uh, Jones? Yeah, Mac Jones. Yeah. He had to sit back and wait his time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it paid off. Yeah. You know what I mean? He probably wasn't ready. He probably, he's not as, he wasn't coming in as talented as the guys in front of him. Right. Uh, but I like the I like the transfer portal because it, it it can change your program in certain ways too. One or two players in a position of need, you may be able to get a guy out of the transfer portal that's needed, a grad transfer. Yeah. But a lot of coaches are looking at these guys that are multiple guys in that portal. That goes to show you what type of character you may have, and yep. those coaches are the ones that are not pulling the pulling the trigger on you, and then you're sitting in that portal longer than you should, and yeah. then you ended up at a school that you not. So I understood what Scott was saying when he said what he said. Yeah, you got people that come out and they took it a little bit butt hurt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was the truth. Yeah, look Seriously. at where he's at. He was in a better situation here. Because you had the coaches that were going to give him the time to, to develop yeah. into the position that he wanted to play. Yeah. For one, he was playing. And he, he was, was playing. playing. Yeah. And competing for. Yes. He goes to a place where they have a, what, returning, what, two, three-year starter. And Who you, had better numbers than the guy he could have beat out. And you think out. you're going to get, get into that position. And really, you could have waited there. And you could have been the guy next year. Mm-hmm. But you didn't want to do that. So you end up at another school, you know, as soon as – that's not. I don't see what he said. It was bad advice that he was getting. He didn't say, "Hey, you could transfer and do what you do, but make sure that it's to the benefit of you, right. or as you're going to a situation that's going to make your situation really better." Yeah. Well, and it's uh, when he said that he didn't mention Luke McCaffrey's name. He didn't say anything about the McCaffreys at all. Nope. He was speaking. In but but here's the thing: if if the shoe freaking fits. And it hurt really well. Really well. It yeah. hurt their yeah. feelings. It fits twelve hundred people right now. Like, yeah, there's, there's, you there's know. a lot of guys, and it. And, That's right. Yeah. And and he was an individual that, like you said, he transferred, but he transferred, came, played on scout teams, sat behind some yeah. guys. He got yeah. kicked. Yeah. And 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 had to wait in order to get to where you know what I'm saying to where he needed to go. And, and he still was able to go and understood that he wasn't going to play quarterback at the next level and change his position in order to make a little bit of living there. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, you know, the situations are completely different when you put it in those in, in, in those terms, you know. Yeah. You're going to get guys that transfer. They were transferring. Then you sit out a year and you, you, you play. But at the end of the day, it's like don't don't. If you're if you're going to make that decision, you have every right to do it. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you're getting in the good advice and that you're evaluating your situation to the best of your ability. Right. That's it. It's just it's, easier when things get hard. You cut and run. Uh, you know, it, things get hard with your husband or wife. You might divorce them because it's just you know what? Forget. I'm not gonna try to work this out. It's easier to just cut and run. Get just oh. leave. Yeah. And not deal with my problems or work on what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like a regular job, right? You don't just quit right. your job without something else lined up. You have to figure it out, right? You got like, all right, I'm putting my two weeks, and by the time that two weeks comes around, I've already got another position set up. Yeah. If you're, yeah, it, you got to be smart about it. But that's the that's the problem that they haven't though, is because they they, they can't they can't you know have another thing lined they up. They can't have anything lined up. Right. Yeah. That's the tampering rule that you're yeah. not supposed to be able to, but. In in all reality, we know the situation. You're going to you're gonna you're gonna investigate the landscape before you make that move. But as a player, I'm gonna do all my vetting. I, I would have to. 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's I should have that right to do all my vetting, you know. And if I decide to get into the portal, you can come out, but that school don't Just have to in, take you back. Be informed. Just be you know? informed. But being you got to be informed to make make sure you're making the right decisions, you know, for the right reasons. Absolutely. And that's it. Um. And speaking of quarterbacks, and Mike, you'll ask him about Joe Gans, but I wanted to ask about Zach Taylor in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Taylor, probably, dare I say, the best Nebraska quarterback, I mean, of recent memory. Probably. Big, big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Um, all right. When, when you, <laughs> when you played with him, right. did, you, did you see future NFL head coach? When you played with him, uh, yes. did you see that? I saw, I saw everything in that in that dude, man. We that he was a great leader. He was a great uh, quarterback. He he didn't take days off. He was he was he was very very smart. So humble. Like he had every aspect in in coming in leading us in times of losses and and and, and hurtful losses and blowout losses. I mean, it was times where I mean, shoot, he was out there. They he's slinging and winning, and we getting scored on at times. And he didn't. You would never see him come and and and, and mf or do anything. He didn't talk down to individuals. He now seeing him get this head coaching job this soon, man, that was like man. But he's the guy to do it. Yeah, like he was the he's the guy to do it. Now I hope that they have enough patience with him up there. Uh, I think he has the right quarterback. I think he's going to be good for 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 that quarterback because he has a great football mind, and and that's who he was down there. Seriously, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, let's talk about a different quarterback that you played with. Well, two of them. Uh, so your senior year, I mm-hmm. believe uh, you had Mr. Sam Keller transfer come in, and then Joe Gans. So was there a divided locker room? At that point, was there guys that were pro Keller and pro Gans, or how did that year play out uh, in the locker room behind the scenes? Let me tell you, it it was not per se to the point because Sam was an absolute team guy. Okay, all right. So when when we say that from the standpoint that that we had individuals that knew what Joey Gans could do, and we felt, and a lot of guys felt Joey Gans didn't get the fair opportunity he should have in order to win that position outright. Okay. Uh, it You couldn't be mad at Sam because Sam was such a – he was such a – you know what I'm saying? Like in the locker room with everybody. Uh, he wasn't a bad dude. Like he was he was really good. We knew what Joey could do, and we knew that. I think it was more on this, the fact that everybody knew that it was, it was pretty much – it could. It was almost given to him. Yeah, it was handed you know, to him. Handed to him. Yeah, uh, and they felt Joey just didn't get the the fair shot that he that he that he should have. But to say that Sam was was a that the locker room was split and everybody was going no, like people was behind Sam because of the way that he approached the game as well. Like he didn't he didn't approach the game like a doggone douchebag. You okay. know what I'm saying? He never did that. He right. approached the game, you know, like like it should have been. It didn't it didn't work out, and he was gonna compete. He was gonna compete, uh, and but we knew that Joey was a. Everyone knew that Joey had a different gear in him, okay. and he gave us. He just had a different type of gear, and we knew that from. We thought that he should have got the the nod in the Texas Tech game when. They put my guy Bo Davis in. Seventy to ten. My guy Bones, man. Yeah, yeah Bo, Bo, man. That's my dude, man. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but and Bo got trust. And 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 Bo with that arm, I he just wasn't ready for that opportunity yet. And I still think he had one of the most best arm talents that I've ever seen in Bo. Okay, so the the rumor. Well, speaking of arm talent, the rumor with Sam is that he said he could throw it out of the stadium. Is that real? And could he throw it out of the stadium? I don't. I don't. I with that sidearm, I don't know. I don't know. He, him and him and Scott got a similar throwing motion. <laughs> yeah, they do. And Scott ran a lot, so yeah, yeah. take that for what yeah. it's worth. But the thing is, it was the. Sam played with great anticipation, uh, and that's why it was able to work for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So his mind would think. So, like, he didn't have the best throwing motion, but what, what, what he played with such great anticipation at times that he was able to, you know, it helped him through. 
And I mean, it's like I said, it is what it is at the time. He ended up getting, a, I think, a shoulder injury. And and if anybody see you watch a kick return, he was so about the team. He was on the sideline. We ran that kick return back against Kansas State when I did that. He was one of the first ones the dog on run. He's running out there with the sling and he's jumping around. And that's but that's the type of guy that Sam was. You know what I'm saying? He was just a, he was he was a player's guy like that. You know, and the locker room was not divided from that standpoint. I right. can't say if it was, it didn't show from. Us, that was, you know, that wasn't the, the issue. But right. we knew that Joey could, we knew Joey was a little, was special though. I can yeah. tell you that. Okay. We all knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I wish, uh, I wish Joey come back here and play, or do a little coaching, but he's yeah, got, Joey. he's got his thing right now. Yeah, Joey, man. Joey Gans, man. That was my, them boys, man. They, I said, when he came in and, and, and put up that 70, that game against Kansas State after we got 70 hung on us, too, yeah. mm-hmm. like the week before. You're right. <laughs> he came out senior day and was like, yeah, we're going to go rock with this. Mm-hmm. And he went out and did his thing. Uh, and he, he played well, man. Okay. Anything you want to plug before we yeah, sign yeah. off? Yeah, where, where can people find you on social media? What are you yeah. doing these days? I am. I run the Omaha Junior Eagles uh, football organization. That's uh, that's. Uh, www.omahajuniorigles.com Junior spelled out uh, uh, It's a football organization That's in the MYFL uh, We are a feeder program to Omaha Central uh, This is my way of giving back uh, Just to the community uh, They can find me on Instagram and Twitter That's Courtney Grixby And that's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y No you in that name You know but uh, Yeah I'm, I'm just trying to give back in that way uh, as of right now. Uh, we got a lot of young talent in the city. We got a lot of great young youth football coaches at every organization. Uh, and you'll be able to see some of this talent come out. Come out, the season starts September 5th. And I think that's, uh, I think it's myflomaha.com. And you can get all those schedules for just come see some of the, the, the up and coming youth. It's coming out. I mean, there's so much talent here in the Metro right now. And it's awesome having guys like you groom them into players like yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. like yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a take pride in it, and, and I'm, having, I'm having a fun time. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us on the NBNR podcast. We appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate you guys. It was fun. Yeah, it's always a blast. <laughs> Make sure you go follow Courtney Grixby's Twitter and Instagram. We want to thank him again for taking the time out to join us on the podcast. We love the NIL conversations. We might even make that its own episode. We don't know yet, but uh, follow us at NBNR Podcast on Twitter, any uh, platform that you get your podcasts and listen to them. We are Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Make sure you um, follow and give us a five-star review if possible. Um, to sign off, I am Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, and Kyle Myers, and as always, GBR.